you're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another episode of the Flip My Funnel podcast. I was on a, a call almost a month ago and with this whole team at Netcore Solutions and uh, the CEO, Kalpit, uh, was on it. And there were about 10 or 11 people that joined uh, that call. And it was all about like they were re- reading the book, ABM is B2B Together. And I was like, wow, that was that's fun for any author. That itself is fun. So we decided that, well, why, why don't we have Kalpit? who has been running Netcore Solutions, the group CEO over there for a number of years and has been operating this organization globally. Let's just talk about what does, as him, as he's known for like being a digital technologist for over two decades of experience, what he has learned about it, what's the next big thing that's happening in in their organization from a leadership perspective, and where is he seeing the market move? So Calvin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Vangram, and excited to be at a part of the Flip My Funnel podcast. That's awesome, man. So let's start with a fun fact. That's a tradition up here is that we would ask a fun fact so people could get to know you a little bit more. Yeah, so uh, so a little bit about myself. Uh, I'm an engineering graduate, uh, kind of passed out in 1997, and I joined uh, Netcore Solutions back then, almost two, more than two decades back. As a software engineer? As a software engineer, uh, as, a, as, a, as an HTML programmer, to be more specific, HTML used to be considered like a programming language back in those days and kind of grew, uh, grew through multiple uh, roles within the organization, uh, been with the Netcore for now more than 22 plus years. And uh, that's, been, that's been the journey. I think, uh, you know, being a software engineer, got to do pre-sales, got to do operations. We were a small startup of almost five people when, when we kind of started off with. And today we call ourselves as a 550 plus people startup. So that's kind of how the company has kind of grown over the last uh, two decades. Uh, and I wow. think it's, it's been a great journey. I would say, uh, you know, the kind of experience I've kind of gained over the last uh, 22 years plus, uh, the kind of exposure I've got, I would say, you know, uh, uh, seeing how a company from five people to 550 people, a company which is based on one location in India now, expanding into eight countries, uh, you know, in different parts of the world. Uh, it's been a great journey for us uh, as an organization from a company which was burning cash at, at a point of time uh, to now running a profitable company for the last 10 plus years, you know, has been also a very interesting journey. While I know a lot of B2B SaaS companies today back in the U.S. actually uh, do believe in, in, in kind of, you know, uh, growing very fast but at the same time, they kind of run into, you know, fairly large, you know, spends uh, at, at Netcore, we've kind of, you know, had this vision of saying, let's build a great and large organization, but let's also have profit uh, at the core of all what we want to do. And that's how we've kind of been a profitable company for the last 10 plus years. Man, that is massive. So I can just so look, go with a fun fact. And I didn't, I want to really dive into this because I did not fully appreciate that from going from a programmer to a CEO. That's a journey that is uh, that is just phenomenal while growing the company as it is and by staying. Uh, I was interviewing a- Angela Robb, who's the CEO of LeaderCast, and she said to me one thing recently where she said, and I asked her, like, hey, what, what do you mean? What is leadership to you? What, what does that mean to you? She's like, put your head down for 10 years, for a decade, 
and just do the best work you possibly can. And then when you lift your head up, you will see the things around you and all those things, like how far you've gone. But if you lift your head up every two minutes and think what's going on in the world, what's going on in the world, you're going to miss being a really going as far as you possibly can because you're not focused on the one thing that you're trying to do. And it seems like that's what you've done. So I want to dive really deep into like, all right, talk to us, walk us through this journey of like, how do you go from a programmer to a business leader to a CEO? Because these are to a sales and all these different things. But let's start with the fun fact. I think, uh, so it's not a fun fact, but I would say it's a fact of my life. I think what changed me as an individual. So back then when I was in the 10th grade, uh, I used to be not one of those guys who used to love, you know, studying a lot. Uh, I used to enjoy playing. Uh, and in India, we play a lot of cricket. Yes. Uh, that's the sports which we all enjoy back in India. And I used to be kind of pretty much, uh, you know, after my school, I used to kind of go in the building, play with my friends and kind of keep enjoying my life. Till when I got into the 11th grade is when I had a small fight with one of my best friends. Hmm. And uh, what happened is he was in the 10th grade, I was in the 11th grade. And whenever he used to come down, I used to not go down. Uh, so we used to stay in the same building, but, uh, you know, uh, the moment he used to be down, I used to kind of come up and, you know, kind of get into my room and, you know, kind of see to myself that I kind of studying so that I don't get engrossed in playing downstairs. And I think that was the turning point in my life where I kind of became from a very, very, a person who was not very studious about, uh, you know, studies, about education as, as a stream, but kind of got into education just because I had a small, very, very small fight with one of my best friends. Yeah, uh, that kind of that changed the entire life for me as an individual, and that's how I kind of you know then kind of got into engineering graduation, and then kind of got into Netcore as a company. That's crazy. Do you ever talk to him again, or did you ever? Yeah, actually, uh, so we actually are, are kind of uh, you know our fight kind of ended in the first six months after uh, we kind of <laughs> had that. I think we've been very good friends. He's in back in the U.S. right now. Okay. With his family, he's kind of done his MS and he's in the U.S. for the last many years. But yeah, whenever he's in India, the first thing he will do. He will come and visit me and we'll spend a lot of hours together just talking about all the good things which we had and fun which we had in the early days of our life. That is so cool, man. Love that. How a small single moment can change uh, anything for you. And glad you remember that. So programmer, how long were you programmer? How long were you uh, like, how long did it take for you to become some sort of a business leader? And when I say a business leader, it's like just maybe running sales, maybe running customer success, because I'm assuming you just didn't become engineer and then became a CEO, you know, like one day, like what was, what were the steps Just talk us through? Because I think a lot of people would be like amazed by what it takes to go from a completely different skill set to this really like CEO, which is a completely different skill set. No, I think uh, this interesting journey, I would say uh, way back in 1998, uh, you know, when I kind of started my journey, you know, programming was something which I was been thrown into. Actually, I'm, I'm a production engineering by graduate. I got into computers by accident, I would say. So, you know, that's how it is. But uh, I kind of kind of started liking programming in the early days. And I did programming for the first couple of years, for the, almost for two or three years, you know, I kind of ended up doing uh, reasonably good programming. And then is where we, you know, uh, we were using Linux as a programming, as an as a operating system. And I just kind of loved operating Linux as an as a operating platform, you know. So the whole administration part, the tech part of how do you really debug things on Linux as a, as an operating system is something which I kind of enjoyed and kind of that is where I moved a little bit more onto uh, Linux system administration or you call them as operations job yeah. uh, is where kind of the, the, the interest also kind of started building out. And back then we had a very good uh, engineer who joined us uh, in 1999, 2000. 
and both of us were doing programming but i realized that he was a very good programmer as compared to what i was there uh, his logical skills his his uh, his programming analytical skills were excellent while i was good but i was probably not the best yeah and that kind of i i learned it early in the do and i said okay if this guy is really great at programming i need to do something which which is not just programming but it's a little bit of administration a little bit of you know systems uh, learning and which is very kind of you know i i kind of put a lot of my time and energy in doing uh, you know operations uh, back end stuff for my uh, for me and my company over there uh, that kind of continued for a couple of years and uh, i think in 2003 uh, is when uh, one of our sales head met up with a, with a big accident mm. okay and uh, he had to kind of move out and that time we were almost around 18 people in the company and uh, my my founder at that time said kalpit we don't have a sales head would yeah. you like to do sales and i said uh, you know rajesh and he is the founder of the company i said uh, you know i'm not a sales guy yeah. you know i've never done sales in my life this is something which uh, i'm not going to be so comfortable and i was a little bit of an introvert back in those days yeah uh, he said don't worry i'm there at the back you just be as as the head of the people uh, in the, the sales team and uh, you know i'm going to support you wherever wherever i can and i think that was the first experience for me as a as a sales or as a business guy uh, you know back in those days in 2003 very early i would say i was i uh, you know in my career i would say but uh, it was an interesting journey i think uh, i had a lot of good people around uh, around me uh, who actually had done sales for for a decade plus you know mm. it was interesting to be uh, interesting to have me as a leader for them because i was not a sales i didn't have a sales background back in those days but i think the team over there was small we all knew each other very well we knew what are our strengths what are our weaknesses so each one of them knew that kalpit comes a very good technology background yeah. uh, and they came they came in a very 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 strong sales background and i think the combination of the tech plus the sales kind of uh, helped us uh, you know kind of uh, achieve the goals which we wanted to do as an organization and that's where my experience with sales kind of you know came in and i think i enjoyed that role of being a tech guy who knew a lot of how the products are really getting built plus now getting to know how do we really go and sell it to our clients yeah. uh, and since the solutions which we had were a lot more tech oriented uh, products uh, you know a lot of the conversations i was having with my clients back in those days were quite fairly interesting you know we used to get into a lot of technological discussions which my sales guys would appreciate yeah. and they could see the value of what i was able to bring on the table for them so i think that's how you know i moved into the sales job uh 2008 is when i became the the chief operating officer of you know for netcore solutions and we had just kind of got into uh, the digital marketing space so netcore was for a very different company uh, back into in 1998 to 2006 we got into mobile marketing 2008 9 is where we got into email marketing and uh, you know I, i was kind of then responsible and became the business head for the the email marketing business which we had started back in those days Mm. and that's how i think uh, you know i get got a flavor of a lot of things which a company needs to get right from you know uh, how do you uh, run it as an sbu how do you run it as a profit and loss account for your for your specific sbu how do you get the customer success team how do you get the the sales team operational how do you actually recruit for your own sbu and all of that so that's where i think a broader experience kind of came in I think that's how you know I grew as an individual so from 2008 9 to 2014 15 is where kind of I I came I I kind of ran operations overall as a company and operations meant running the the technology team the product team and the operations team while yeah. I was doing a bit of sales but then we by then we had hired a, a very senior sales uh, uh, you know a, a chief sales officer so he was driving sales uh, you know and he was reporting to our previous ceo Uh, so that's how the kind of the journey moved in and then uh, you know i got the opportunity in 2015 16 to become the ceo of netco solutions 
you know, where you kind of run pretty much the entire organization. So yeah, that's been the journey for me over the last uh, 22 years. Wow. So what's interesting about that, uh, Kalpit, is you mentioned, and maybe you did not realize this, uh, or maybe you did before, is like, it was, it sounded almost like the same thing that you had with your friend in the 10th grade that you had with this engineer when you started off, where, you know what, he's better than me. Or so I need to find something else so that I can actually shine in something else or do or add more value, you know, to be more specific, because he's clearly better than me at this. And I think that that continued because you were, you, you didn't want to be an average. You didn't want to be like, okay, I'm on the same team. You wanted to do something bigger, better every time and you were okay seems like you were okay with people who are smarter than you being in the organization so you can actually transcend that uh, in a way because a lot of people would just like suffocate you're like i want to beat that person i want to be better than him and you found another way saying i'm not i don't need to be better than him he's already good he's naturally good i need to go find a way that i could actually add more value and that seems like when i'm writing down in 98 from engineering 2003 into sales 2000 um AF 16 or eight in CC, you know, as a chief uh, CCO and 2015 as a CEO, it, it seems like every four or five years, you've taken a big leap into just making yourself better at it. Um, how, when you reflect back, what do you see? What do you, what do you feel has propelled that? Is that one thing has, is what I'm saying making sense or there are there other things that you want to add to it? like you know what there were that's one but there are a couple of other areas that you want to one of the most important thing i would say and i would contribute my success is, is to the team around me i think uh, the reason why i have kind of moved and i've been i would i would say i've kind of graduated in the organization is the fact that the team around me was really really excellent you know i think uh, one of the key key things which we believe at netcore and i personally believe is is is, is the people around around us, right? Uh, while, while we continue to grow and we continue to build profits for our company, I think the most important thing for Netcore as a company has been people employ centricity. Mm. I think that is something which is core and I would say at the heart of what all what we do at Netcore Solutions today. Uh, you know, profits can come second, but what comes at the center is, is employee centricity and I would call it extreme employee centricity. Uh, and I think that's what of kind of had helped us as an organization to, uh, you know, to not just build a company, but today we are a 550 people family all together working towards a common goal, common dream, making sure that we, we enjoy all what we do at here. Uh, and at the same time, you know, keep our customers also very happy. So I think that's been something very, very core and fundamental to all what I am. I am, I am as an individual and I say Netcore is also as a company. That's, that's phenomenal. Now, one topic that comes up big uh, on the podcast and every, everywhere I hear lately has been like, all right, this is great. Do you actually have any amount of work-life balance, as people would call it? Or do you feel your organization is having that level? Because you're in a service organization. Service organization requires, is, is probably the most demanding part of any person's job. You, you, you obviously have products. But in a sense, you are still a, a big service organization. Correct me if I'm, I'm wrong on that. And that, that just, I think, adds a different level of pressure than somebody creating an app and having people subscribe to it and, and making money. So how have you used this idea of extreme employee centricity, which I love that as a phrase, to, to, to really help people figure out how do they work? Oh, you know, 
I completely agree. We, we are actually a service, a product-led service company. So all what we do is we, we actually build products or platforms and then we kind of offer services to our Absolutely. clients. That's what we primarily do. But you're absolutely right in, in, a, in, a, in a world where today customer experience, customer expectations are really, really increasing. How do you really build that balance between what our employees can actually deliver to our clients at the same time they can you know, enjoy their personal life? I think that's always been a a very important and a core thing all again what we do at netcore i think is we encourage our employees to to transition all what they are handling for a customer to the next uh, you know i would say shift of people who are coming in so that they can go back and you know relax come more refreshed and you know take it up from the next day so i think what we've done is we've kind of invested in a fairly large uh, you know set of people who can take over from whatever individuals are doing uh, and kind of you know they leave it at at a particular point of time pick it up from there and you know make sure that customers still get the same experience uh, you know, from the new set of people who are picking up the job. So that's one area I think which we do. The second, I think important thing which we do trying to bring in the work-life balance is, is make sure that we give uh, you know, a lot of flexibility to our individuals to, to figure out how and where they want to operate from. Mm. Okay, there are a lot of times when people say, you know, uh, is there a fixed timing at Netcore? And my, my strong answer is there's never a fixed timing. You know, you could choose to come in at whatever time you want. You could choose to go out at whatever time you want, making sure that you are able to deliver what you're expected to deliver. So that kind of gives in a lot of flexibility to a lot of, uh, lot of employees at Netcore. At the same time, we, we have a lot of fun, a lot of, lot, of, lot, of, lot of things which kind of keeps the team uh, you know, uh, uh, engaged a lot of a lot of a lot of fun elements keep going on. So we have, we have what is called a children's day celebration. We have a netcore cricket league. We have a netcore football league. So we kind of <laughs> make sure that we do a lot of these activities to keep our employees engaged. It just helps us build a very strong engagement amongst our different uh, you know teams which are out there. At the same time, it just helps them kind of get a lot more uh, relaxed from a normal day to day you know uh, stress which kind of they kind of go have to go through. And that's, that's awesome that you have like leagues within the organization that actually like suggest. I, I want to go back because a lot of the people who listen to the podcast are either in marketing, sales or leadership roles. And I want to just double down on this idea of you heading up sales when you had a strong sales team that was probably doing well at that time. And the tension, and I, I recognize that you became the asset for that organization because they're like, wait a minute, we're selling a technical solution. Who better than to have the technical guy to help support it? And you appreciated the process. You were helping winning big deals for the sales team. Like which sales wouldn't like that as opposed to just asking, what's your pipeline? What's your forecast? What, I mean, you were actually helping them. So I, I totally get that point. But for somebody, to your founder to come to you and say, Kelpit, I want you to go and run sales as opposed to going and hiring somebody from outside, why do you think that decision was made? Um, I think there are two things. I think, uh, you know, the founder made the decision at that point of time. One, I think he, what he probably saw in me was that I was a re- reasonably good people's person. Mm. I think what, what really, uh, you know, I think is required in a leader is not, I would say, more of the capabilities or the abilities to, to drive a function, but it's also about how good are you at, at driving a team or how good are you know let's say driving means how good are you able to lead the team i think that is that is what he saw in me uh, you know i was i would say one of the areas where i have been reasonably good at is 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 working with the team yeah. uh, and i think that's one thing which he saw in me the second thing i think we always had believed at netcore and i think that continues from from back in 1998 to 2010 or uh, 2020 
is that we we love to entrust people with new responsibilities give them a challenge and see how they're able to deliver so i think that's something which we've kind of kept doing over the last many years my my founder did it with me back in 2003 uh, we continue to do it i continue to do it with a lot of people today with people who might not have all the right experience yeah. uh, in a specific area but if, if they have the right approach if they have the right attitude and if they have the willingness and the curiosity to learn I think it's it's more than enough for someone to take up a new responsibility and you know probably lead it from the front. And I think those are the two reasons why I think uh, you know my founder would have probably you know given me that responsibility. Yeah. I love that you know Patrick Lencioni who wrote the Five Dysfunctions of a Team. Uh, he's going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks. And when I was talking to him, he he had this whole idea of like the only people you really want your organization are humble, hungry, and smart. And if you have those three, if, if the people are humble enough, they understand their mistake, take responsibility, they're hungry enough that they will do whatever it takes to help you or the team win, and they're smart enough to figure things out. They may not have the answers, but they will figure out the answers. That is ultimately what you need. You don't need to your point. I think you're echoing that in a very application-oriented point is like, you, you, you don't need a, like, uh, what certification do you have unless you are like coding on a particular thing, then you probably need that skill set. But beyond that, as, as a team lead, even at a team lead level, that you, you don't need any of those. You need a completely different set of skills. Absolutely. I that. Yeah. Awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna summarize a couple of couple of thoughts here. And I would love for you to share a challenge with everybody, especially given this idea of like how do you just vertically go up in the organization? Because I think a lot of people are challenged with that. And maybe with a couple of things that you might want to share. So, so I would just give a couple of big ideas. I, I made a made a ton of notes uh, writing this thing down. So, number one, first of all, going from a programmer to a CEO, from a five people company to a five hundred fifty people company in eight countries, and might I ask, which is really the most important part of this, is a profitable company that is not standard at all. Uh, is we call it, we call it proficons these days. So a lot of people <laughs> call it unicorns. We call it proficons. I love that proficons. That is that is really really good. The proficon company. I think that 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 should be the title of this thing. How do you go from a programmer to CEO and build a proficon company? That's uh, that's pretty cool. And, and then I think this idea that you try to just just be the best leader you possibly can by leading them as opposed to trying to beat them at their game. I think that mentality is very interesting. You need a competitive mindset, which obviously you have as an organization, but as an individual, I think you just found a different different edge on like, all right, he's better than me or she's better than me at this particular skill set. So let me not try to compete there. Let me try to up level my own game, my own skill in a different area. I think that was really, really huge. You coined the term, I don't know if it's this term exists out there or not, but I, I love this idea of extreme employee centricity. I feel like there is something there. If you guys haven't made that your phrase, you probably should or write about that because I think everybody talks about customer centricity. And I always talk about the fact that if we treat our employees good, they will treat our customers great. Absolutely. So it's not the reverse that if you treat our customer, it never works, never works. So extreme employee centricity, I think there's a lot, lot there. And then this idea, like challenging your organization to just give them things that they didn't think they could handle at that point and entrusting them, as you said, with a new challenge and then supporting along the way. It might be the best way to create a better organization as opposed to finding someone who has done that for 20 years, find someone who is humble, hungry, and smart, 
and has all the, the core values that you would want to exhibit and give them in your responsibility, they'll probably work harder, harder than anybody else. So I, I love that. So what's the one or two challenges you want to give to people who are trying to lead and go to the next level in their organization? I think one of the most important things which I think every individual should really uh, look at when they really want to grow is how can they start taking up ownership and responsibility for all what happens. I think one of the biggest reasons why a lot of individuals, you know, kind of uh, do not become, uh, you know, great leaders or probably they don't grow very fast in the organization, uh, especially in, a, in an organization which is probably large and maybe 300, 500 people plus is generally they tend to say, you know, my boundaries are here and this is where it kind of stops. And if something beyond this happens, it is someone else's problem. I think for one of the biggest challenge, I would say for every individual, you know, who want to really become a great leader is how do you start owning up and taking up responsibility of all what happens around you? Okay. Mm -hmm. Even though you might not be fully responsible for it, you might not be fully, uh, you know, uh, directly involved in those things, but how do you really start owning up and taking up responsibility is what I would say is, is one of the biggest things I would want every individual to start taking it as a challenge and see, you know, how can I really start delivering it? I think those people who have, at least I've worked with, and I've worked actually only in one organization called Netcore Solutions. But uh, we've had a lot of uh, young talent who kind of moved up to a CXO role in just about seven to eight years of their career life. Yeah. That's about it. So we've, we've had individuals who kind of joined us when they were 21, 22, at the age of 28, 29. Today, they, they kind of are in the CXO position within the organization, or they're probably running a, great, a big company you know, outside of Netcore. And I think one of the reasons why they have really grown very fast is because they have really, really not looked at uh, their job as their job only, right? They, they've also said, if someone else is facing a problem, how do I really kind of work with them kind of and get him out of that problem? Or yeah. if there is a problem which is there in the organization, can I contribute in my own capacity to see how can I get the organization you know, out of uh, the current challenges they are, they are they are into. And, you know, I think those are the people I think have really grown very well at Netcore and I would say they will grow in any other organization. And I think that's one big challenge I would throw to every individual wants to become a great leader because all of us, I think at some point want to become a great leader, right? Yeah. We want to manage more people. We want to manage a larger portfolio of business. We want to manage uh, a, a larger uh, countries, uh, you know, as, as, as the organizations grow. And the only way I think individuals can really grow is uh, taking more accountability, taking more ownership and responsibility of all, all what's happening around you. I love that, man. I, I think it's a, it's a big idea because a lot of people think, if I do my job well, that should be it. Well, that might only take you to that level. But if you look at your organization as your job and say, whatever I can do to help my organization grow, you will be noticed and you will be called and, and just what happened to you. And that's what, that's what really it's all about. So it's a natural innate thing that some people have like you and some people have to develop and it can be developed if you see things around you and if you take initiatives. So Galpit. Thank you so much, man. This was fantastic. I didn't, I expect like, we would just talk about marketing and sales, but you just gave me a full, a great level of appreciation for what you do, what your organization does. And I love the, the idea of two ideas, really big one. One is the extreme employee centricity. I think that's huge. People should really take notes on that. And number two, this whole idea of Proficons as opposed to unicorns, because it's not easy to build a profitable company at the scale at which you are doing yeah. Building a profitable country now trying to go into, into, into the global markets, uh, you know, uh, we're kind of now expanding into the US market also. So now with a lot of profits, which we kind of may be now seeing how we can really, you know, get into the US market with a lot of our products and services. Yeah, so that's the plan for us as we go forward. That's awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Sangra. 
You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.